Well, turn in your Bible to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. How many of you would you say that your faith is stronger now than it was this time last year? Amen. I think just about all of us could raise our hands. Amen. And as we continue to feed our spirit with the word, next year, this time, we'll be able to look back and we'll be, you'll be even more, yeah? From faith to faith. There's a progression from faith to faith to greater faith to greater faith. And that's where, that's the journey we're on. Amen? So, let's turn to Mark chapter 11. Verse 22. And Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith in God. Now, Young's literal translation and several other translations say, Have the faith of God. That's what's in my Bible has a margin in it. Not all Bibles have a margin or a center reference, but mine does. And mine says, have the faith of God. So what kind of faith is the faith of God? Well, verse. if we go on to verse 23. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. This tells us Jesus is sharing one of the characteristics of the faith of God, and the faith of God speaks. The faith of God speaks. God releases his faith through words. Now, put a marker in Mark 11 because we're going to be back and forth there several times today. And turn over to Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11. We're going to look at some other examples of this by the mouth of two or three witnesses. Let every word be established. Hebrews 11, verse 3. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by a big bang. Is that what it says? There are people that call themselves Christians that believe this. No? Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by what? The Word of God. The worlds were framed how? By the Word of God. The complete Jewish Bible says, the universe was created through a spoken Word of God so that what is seen did not come into being out of existing phenomena. So here we see another confirmation that God creates by speaking. He releases his words 
his faith through words. He speaks. That's how he releases his faith. That's how we release our faith. That's one of the characteristics of the faith of God. Now, turn back just a few pages to Hebrews 1. And we'll see another scripture that supports this. Verse 1. God, who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things. So we know from John chapter 1 that Jesus and the Word are the same. Okay, so anytime you see the Word or Son, you could interchange them because we know that Jesus and the Word are the same. It says, by whom also he made the worlds. So, by the Word he made the worlds. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by what? The Word of his power. God is upholding all things by the word of his power. He put the universe into motion by speaking words. It's being upheld right now by the word of God. And it's going to stay that way until God speaks something different. Let's turn to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, there was a big bang. Is that what it says again? No. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So God created the worlds by speaking words that released his faith. And when God said, Light be, or light become, light was. Now, when God said light be, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a big bang, because it probably shook the whole universe when God said light be. But if there was a big bang, that's the only way there was a big bang, is when God said light be. Now, let's go back to Mark 11, verse 23. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say to this mountain, the faith of God speaks to something, and it commands it to leave. Or the faith of God speaks to something and commands it to come, or to become. That's what Jesus is telling us here. Okay? Now, let's turn, hold, put your marker there again, and let's turn to Colossians 2. Colossians 2. Verse 5. 
For though I be absent in the flesh, yet am I with you in the spirit, joying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith. So he's mentioned faith twice, so he's talking about faith. As ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Now verse 6 is the one we really want to, to major on. It says, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Now the word walk there is not talking about a physical walk. The Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. So the way you walk is the way you live. It's talking about the way you live your life, the way you live your everyday life. The New English translation says, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. The Phillips translation says, just as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so go on living in him in simple faith. So, how did you receive Christ Jesus the Lord? By faith. That's how you receive Christ Jesus the Lord. The same way you received your sins remitted, the same way you were born again is the same way you're to do everything in life, every day. Everybody say simple faith. Simple faith. Amen. Most Christians are not doing this, and we're going we're gonna to touch on that. So, how do you get born again? By faith. How are you going to get healed? How do you get filled with the Holy Spirit and speak in other tongues? How do you get your money and your bills paid and your needs met? How are you going to receive your wisdom and direction from God? How are you going to please God? Okay, you're getting it. Amen. The faith of God is not a Christian movement or a Christian fad. It's the way born-again believers are supposed to be living all the time. But there are people who don't believe that you're born again by faith. There are some people who believe in what's called predestination. They believe that God decides who is saved and who is not. And it's all up to Him. And there's nothing you can do about it. They believe it's all up to God who's going to be saved, who's not going to be saved. He knew about it from the foundation of the world, and it's in his hands, and there's nothing you can do about it. And there are people in religious circles that believe this. Now, they believe it's all up to God, and in today's current society, that's what you would call a religion of convenience where personal responsibility has been thrown out the window in our society. 
There are churches in this country and in America and all over the world that don't preach the new birth. People go, they may go there because it's closest to home. They may go there because they have a nice choir and they have a nice organ. Somebody might read a poem. Somebody might read an article out of the Reader's Digest. Somebody might read a, a passage of scripture. You know, they, they very well may read from the Bible, but they do not preach that salvation has already been bought and paid for by the blood of the Lamb, and now it's up to you to come receive it. There are churches all over the world, not all of them, but some that do that. Then you've got, I mean, praise God, we found out that that's true. Amen? Amen. We have to come, we have to believe, we have to receive. Amen? Hallelujah. It's not all up to God. Now, uh, you all witness to people. I know all of you, you share the Lord with people and you witness to people as the Lord gives you opportunity and, and witnesses to you, you know, give your testimony or share the Lord with them. Let's say um, you're talking to someone about the Lord and you're telling them about that Jesus died for their sins and so forth. And they say, yeah, you know, I remember a couple of years ago, uh, another Christian was telling me the same thing. They told me Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And uh, I thought about it for a while and you know, I, I believe that. And I've been waiting two years for God to save me. Now, what would you say to them? Keep hanging on. Keep waiting. Maybe someday he'll save you. Is that what you would say? No, of course you wouldn't say that. Of course you wouldn't say that. You would say, let me explain something to you. Jesus has already gone to the cross. He's already taken your place. He's already been your substitute. He's already taken your sin. He's already gone to hell and paid the price for you so you wouldn't have to go there. All the punishment for your sins was laid on Jesus. He's already taken it. When the, when the punishment for your sin was satisfied, God raised him from the dead. And now all that's left is for you to believe it, receive it, receive your salvation, and receive the remission of your sins. Now that's what you would tell them, isn't it? In, in some fashion or form. So, is it true they're waiting on God to be born again? No. 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 Now, there are many believers who do believe that you have to receive the Lord by faith. They do preach the new birth. They will agree, oh yeah, oh yeah, you gotta, you gotta make a decision for the Lord and do it now, don't put it off. And as a matter of fact, they preach salvation every Sunday. <laughs> they go the other way. They preach a salvation message every Sunday, and you got people sitting there 30 years listening to a salvation message every Sunday, 52 weeks out of the year, like there was nothing else in the Bible. You know, and as far as they're concerned, there's not anything else in the Bible. You know, that's, I mean, I mean, praise God, they... They, they do preach that, 
but but they act like there's nothing else in the Bible, and they and so you got them going the other way. They're not sure if it's God's will to heal them. But if it was God's will to heal them, they're waiting on God to heal them. They're not sure if it's God's will to, to prosper them financially, but if it was His will, they're waiting on Him to prosper them. They're not sure if it's God's will for them to receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit and speak in other tongues and pray directly to God in a heavenly language that is a hotline to heaven and just cuts the devil out of everything. They're not sure if it's God's will, but if it was God's will, they're waiting on God to speak in tongues. Isn't that true? Is that the way you got born again, waiting on God? No. No. That's what we're looking at, Colossians 2. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Now we're talking about receiving by faith. The same way you receive Christ Jesus is the same way you're going to receive healing. It's the same way you're going to receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit and speak in other tongues. It's the same way your needs are going to be met. It's the same way you're going to receive your wisdom and your direction from God. The same way you got born again by faith. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. One of the biggest deceptions in the body of Christ is that you're waiting on God for what you need and desire and it's all up to Him. That's not true anymore than you're waiting on God to receive the new birth. The just are not only born again by faith, they live by faith in everything they do. Now, let's go back to Mark 11 again. Now, some of you may not have been around the Word of Faith teaching long enough to have experienced this. But, um, verse 22, Jesus said, Have faith in God. People have uh, mocked us, made fun of us. They've called us the name it and claim it bunch and, and the, uh, you know, confess it and possess it bunch. And, um, you know, yeah, yeah. I heard um, when when Gloria, when Brother Copeland and Gloria asked Jesse Duplantis to speak at their conventions, Gloria said to him, "Our friends are going to like you, and our enemies are going to hate you." And that's that's the way it is, folks. <laughs> people, you know, people that want a better life, and and and. And I don't know if I said it earlier, but I meant to say this. The, the stronger your faith level gets, the less you are going to struggle in life. Life is not going to be so much of a struggle. And isn't that what everybody wants? Really? You know, they're just looking for it in the wrong places. You know? So, but, but we have been mocked, you know, but while... They're laughing at us. We're getting our healing. Amen? 
We're getting our miracles. We're getting our bills paid. We're getting our debts cleared. We're getting our wisdom and direction. We're getting our equipment and our buildings and our lands and whatever we need to advance the kingdom of God and have an, an eternal, an impact that's eternal. You know, it, it does something, it impacts for people for eternity. That's what we're talking about. This, this stuff in the world, it's going to be gone in a, a few years, you know? But what we do for God in the kingdom of God and advancing the word, and this is affecting people's lives for eternity. And that's, that's, where, that's why we need the buildings. That's why we need the money. That's why we need the lands and so forth. Praise God. Amen. But people who make fun of us, you know, I'm sure they're not aware of it, but they're really mocking Jesus, you know? And I am not going to mock Jesus. Praise God. I didn't write these words. Jesus said it. And Jesus said, whoever says and does not doubt in his heart will have it. And most of the body of Christ do not believe what Jesus said in these verses. But the ones who dare to believe we're going to get our miracles and we're going to recover. Amen. Can I just say one thing that happened to me, which is very important. I, after God healed me of the paralysis, mm -hmm. I started to get grandma epilepsy. And I used to be completely out of it. And Peter was able to, to cope with it. But we we still carried on our lives and and didn't we believe that it would would continue. But we used to wonder, you know, God, why is this happening? You healed you healed Peter you say you've healed Anne, but why is this happening? This should not be happening. And it was very distressful because it happened in all kinds of places. And um, and then one day I was I was watching the Seven Hundred Club mm -hmm. on the television, and this young man said, "There's a lady watching this program, and God, who's been having seizures." And God is saying to you now, he has healed all the lesions in your brain and you will have no more seizures. And I said, I take it. Amen. I take it. I Amen. receive that mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. and, and the seizures stopped just mm -hmm. like that. That's what we're talking about today. Yeah. You're already ahead of me, Anne. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So you were just confirming to me, making me remember it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Amen. It's good. Amen. Yeah. It's going to get even better. Just, just yeah. sit there and hang around. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. It works. I'm telling you, it works. It works. Hallelujah. Some of you, you, you've already tasted it. Some of you have already experienced maybe just even a little bit of this, and the same faith that got you born again and brought you this far is the same faith that will get you healed, will get you filled, will get you blessed, will get answers from God, and it's not begging and waiting on God. 
Now, verse 23. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Now this is a lot different from uh, God, whatever you want. You know what's best for me. It, it's all up to him. It's a lot different, isn't it? But that's what you hear most Christians say. Well, Lord, you know what's best for me. What you know, whatever your will is. Is that what Jesus said in verse 23? No. No, that's not what he said. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, God, I'm waiting on you to move the mountain. Is that what he said? No. Well, if that was the best thing for Jesus to say, then why didn't he say it? I mean, this would have been the perfect place to say it and put an, an end to any dispute about faith. Jesus could have settled it right here. He could have said, it's all up to God, but he didn't. Verse 24. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire. That covers everything that pertains to life and godliness. What things soever ye desire that pertain to life and godliness. What things soever ye desire when you pray, wait on God. Is that what Jesus said? Believe that you receive them. What things soever you desire when you pray, believe that God is able and you will have them. Is that what Jesus said? No. I mean, if that's right, then why didn't Jesus say it? Folks, we got millions of Christians all over the world saying this and believing it. Come just make a point. Just, just, just let me, when, when, we, when we finish, you, you can. Let, let me just continue on here. Um, that's not what he said to believe in this verse. What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe, if it be God's will, you shall have them. No, that's not what he said to believe in this verse. But we got millions of Christians in the body of Christ that believe this and they say it. What things soever you desire, when you pray, say, thy will be done. No, he didn't say that either. What things soever you desire when you pray, believe I'm the Son of God. That's a true statement, but that's not what Jesus said to believe in this scripture. Jesus was not confused about faith or anything else. If that was the accurate way to pray, then why didn't he tell us to pray that way? But he did not. Now you hear you know, you'll hear somebody say, well, that person has lots of faith. Uh, you know, and I just don't understand why they don't get the help they need from God. Well, this is the bottom line, folks. What specifically do they have faith for? Mm -hmm. 
Faith for what? They've got lots of faith. Faith for what? They may have faith that God is able. They may have faith that Jesus is the Son of God. They may have faith that they're going to heaven. They may have faith that Jesus is returning to earth. But they don't have faith for healing. And that's what they need, and that's what they desire. Do you get what I'm saying? Praise God. Amen. Now, you, you got people, uh, you know, they're strong in healing. I mean, boy, they are strong in healing. I mean, they, I mean the devil even tries to put one symptom on them. Boy, I mean, they, they attack that thing like a gorilla, you know. And I mean, they, they, uh, they don't have it. But they have no faith for finances. They struggle from, you know, month struggling financially, never get caught up, just paycheck to paycheck, and they never get ahead. So they're people who are strong in finances, and they have no faith for healing. So we're talking about when you pray for the things you desire, Jesus told us we have to believe something specific. Specific faith. What did he say specifically? We have to believe in verse 24. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray. Read it out loud with me. Believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Say it again. Believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Before you feel anything, before you see anything, what did Jesus say you specifically have to believe? Believe that you receive them. Hallelujah. This is another characteristic of the faith of God. The faith of God is faith that receives. And that's what um, Ann just pointed out that time and place, she took her healing. She believed she received it right then and there. The faith of God is a receiving faith. Say it together. Believe that you receive them and you shall have them. The subject in this scripture where Jesus is talking here, the subject is Things you desire when you pray. That's the subject of what Jesus is talking about. Now some of you have probably heard at some time or another or read in some of his books Brother Hagen's testimony about how he was healed as a teenager. If you have, you can probably quote it, you know, you, you know word for word. But the situation is... Um, when he was a teenager, uh, he had kind of been sickly all of his life, but he had, uh, he had a deformed heart, he had a blood disorder, he had some organs that weren't developed properly, just really complicated multiple things. And by the time he was a teenager, the doctors had told him, there's really nothing else we can do, you know, and back in the 1920s and 30s, you know, even at the very best, you know, the doctors just couldn't do much, you know. 
And so um, the doctors had given him up to die, and they had done all that they could do for him. And he got to the point where he was confined to bed. He was bedridden, and he, but he, he, he had what he calls his grandmother's Methodist Bible, and he would read his grandmother's Methodist Bible, and he, you know, was very faithful to read it. Uh, and he had prayed and prayed and prayed for God to heal him. He had begged God to heal him. He had pleaded with God to, to heal him. You know, he said, Lord, I'm a teenager. I don't want to die when I'm a teenager. I hadn't even lived my life, you know. And, and all this begging and pleading over months and months had done nothing. Does this sound like what millions of Christians all over the world are doing? And they're not living by faith. Everybody say, faith is not a beggar. Faith is a receiver. Amen. So Brother Hagen found Mark eleven twenty four. this verse we're talking about. He found it in his grandmother's Methodist Bible. And he had never heard it preached in church. He had never heard anybody talk about it. He had never heard it in church. And he wondered if it was really true. So he, he had a pastor there in town come over to his house because he wanted to ask him, is this verse really true? Can I really do this? Is this really true? Because I've never heard anybody preach on this. And the pastor came over, and um, when he asked the pastor about this verse, the pastor just said, well, sonny boy, just be patient. In a few days, it'll all be over with. Now, in the natural, he had every reason to be discouraged and deflated, you know, and his what little hope he had just drained out of him, you know, because not only the doctors had given him up to die, now the preacher's given him up to die. Somebody who's supposed to know God and supposed to know the Bible says, in a few days, it'll all be over. That's all he had to say. So, but something on the inside of him kept telling him, look at this verse again. The answer's in this verse. Keep reading this verse. Keep looking at this verse. And even though he had never heard anybody preach on it or talk about it, he finally got a revelation of what he had to do. He said, I've got to receive my healing while I'm laying in this bed unable to move. That's the revelation he got. I've got to receive my healing while people are telling me I can't live, while I can't move, I've got to believe it, and I've got to receive my healing while I'm here in this bed unable to move. So. He started saying, I believe I received my healing. I believe I received my healing. And he, he just kept saying it over and over. And something on the inside of him, as he kept saying, I believe I received my healing. I believe I received, you know, he said, I believe I received my healing. <laughs> you know? And something, somebody on the inside of him said, now you believe you're well, don't you? And he said, I sure do. 
And then his faith rose up and, and, and he heard again in his spirit, well people should be out of bed this time of day. So now he said, okay, now I see what I got to do. What did we talk about last session? Faith without corresponding action is dead faith. He says, if I believed I received my healing, I got to act like I'm healed. So he said he, he managed to kind of pick up his legs and he flopped them out on the side of the bed and he, hit, he said they hit the floor like a couple of logs, you know. And he grabbed hold of, of the corner post on the bed and he, he managed to drag himself out of bed and he's hanging there with, on this post trying not to fall, you know. I believe I received my healing. I believe I received my healing. I believe I received my healing. And he said when he said that, the power of God hit him on top of the head and something like a warm liquid started flowing down over his body. When it got down to his legs, his legs started tingling and, and burning and the sensation was coming back into his legs. And in a couple of minutes, he was not holding on to the bed anymore. He was standing on his own without any support, holding his hands up, praising God and giving glory to God. Amen. And because of this verse, he not only lived, he ministered 60 some odd years teaching this word, teaching these verses to Christians all over the world how to believe they receive. Amen? And that's what we're doing. Amen? It's, it's still going forth. Hallelujah. Praise God. The same faith, the same word, the same truth can set you free, can take you beyond your limitations, can pay your bills, can get you the wisdom of God that you need. It can heal you. It can bless you. Everybody say, I can live. I can be healed. I can be blessed. I can come out of debt. I can do the will of God through faith in Him. Amen. Amen. As you listen to the Word and you confess the Word and your faith grows and, and you can believe God for small things, then God can begin to talk to you about bigger things. Like I said earlier, big things that will have a, an impact for eternity on people's lives. Hallelujah. So that's why we're on this subject. God's preparing us. He's feeding our faith so that when he says, buy this land, develop this land, you know, buy this, do that, we'll, we'll step out and we'll believe God. We'll say, okay, I'll step out. I'll do that. God can do anything. I believe. Amen. Hallelujah. Because you really do believe all things are possible to him that believes. Amen. Now we're talking about the kind of faith, uh, what kind of faith is the faith of God? Is the faith of God a waiting, begging, and pleading kind of faith? Have we seen that in the Word yet? No? It's a faith that receives. 
So when people say, I'm waiting on the Lord to save me, are they correct? No. No. I'm waiting on the Lord to speak in tongues and I've been waiting for five years. Is that correct? No. I've been waiting on him to bless me financially. Is that correct? No. The same way you got born again is the same way you're going to get healed. The same way you got born again is the same way you're going to get filled. The same way you got born again is the same way you're going to receive your wisdom and your direction from God. One more time. How did you get born again? By faith. Amen. You did not sit back and leave it all up to God. No. Amen. One day you saw it, you believed it, whether you were in church or somewhere else. But you saw it and you believed it and you realized what you had to do. You had to come, you had to take it, you had to receive it by faith and receive the remission of your sins and be born again. That's how you did it. It was by faith. So that's the same way you're going to receive your healing. That's the way, same way you're going to speak in tongues. That's the same way you're going to receive your wisdom. So the just not only get born again by faith, they live by faith. Hallelujah. Now, hold your place there in Mark 11 again. And let's turn to 1 Timothy chapter 6. First Timothy six. <coughs> verse uh, tw uh, verse twelve. Fight the good fight of faith. It's all up to God. Is that what he said? Fight the good fight of faith. God's in control. No, that's not what he said. If, if that's true like many Christians believe, why didn't Paul say so? Do you fight the good fight of faith by waiting on God? No. What does it say? Fight the good fight of faith. What's the next two words? Lay hold. Amen. Everybody say, lay hold. One more time. Lay hold. Is this some insight on how to fight the good fight of faith? How do you lay hold? Peter, would you come up here and help me for a minute? Would you give me some water over there, please? I'm thirsty. I sure would like some water. I've been talking up here for a while and my mouth's dry and boy, some some water right now sure would be good. Peter, give me some water. I'm thirsty. I need it. I need water. Y'all pray that y'all pray that Peter will give me some water. 
As a matter of fact, pray, tell everybody you know to pray for me because I need water and I'm thirsty. Peter, just give me some water. I need water. Pray for Peter that he will give me some water. Now, how long, how long could this go on? Like forever. <laughs> this could go on technically till I could die of thirst, couldn't yes. I? Would it be God's will? No. no. Would it be Peter's will? No. no. What else does he have to do to get water to me? To tell you about it and how to get it. Tell you to receive it. <laughs> he came up here. He did what I asked. He did not hesitate. He came, he got the water, he made it available to me. What else can he do? That's it. He could pour it on me and I would still be thirsty. <laughs> it wouldn't do any good. You want to receive it. It wouldn't do any good. Everybody write this down. God provides, we must possess. Yeah. God gives, we must receive. God provides, we must possess. God gives, we must receive. Just because God has provided something and made it available to us, it's not automatic that you're going to experience it and enjoy it. Remember the first generation of Israelites who did not go into the promised land. Was it because God did not give it to them? No. No. The Bible says he had set apart that land and set it aside for the Jewish people from the foundation of the world. What happened? They did not go in and possess it. And one of the biggest misunderstandings among Christians is that just because God has promised us something in the Bible and made it available to us, it's not automatic that we're going to experience it and enjoy it. And that's how these doctrines and traditions get started. When people don't get what they desire, they come up with this. They think it's automatic. If it's in the Bible, it's up to God. It's, it's automatic, and when it's not, that's how the, these doctrines get started. It wasn't God's will for me to have it. That's how this stuff gets started. Mark 11, 24. Let's look at it again. I haven't forgotten you, Peter. Just <laughs> hang you. on for a second. <laughs> Mark 11, 24. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire when you pray, Believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. This is a promise from the head of the church. And he said there is a condition attached to having the things you desire. Believe that God wants you to have it. That's good. That's great. But that's not what he said to believe in this verse. Believe God is good. That's true. That's great. That, that's a great start. But that's not what he said to believe. What did he say believe? That ye 
receive them and ye shall have them. I want you to wake up at three o'clock in the morning with these words ringing in your spirit. Believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. Now the, the, the word receive in verse 24 means to take. In the, the various you know, lexicons of the Greek language, it says to take with the hand, to take hold of, to take to oneself, to make one's own, to take possession of, to collect, to apprehend, to appropriate to oneself, and to seize. Is this what most of the church world is doing? No, they're waiting on God and begging God. Peter, I sure need some water. I'm still thirsty. I, I, I've been asking, I've been asking, and I, I've been pleading with God. And, you know, how many millions of Christians are begging God to heal them? Do you know anyone who has ever been healed doing what I'm doing right here? Begging God to heal them. Do you know anyone who's ever been healed that way? I can't think of one person I know personally who has ever been healed that way. I've never heard anybody give a testimony in church or on television or anywhere else saying, I begged and I begged and I pleaded with God and I prayed all night for five years and I finally got healed. I've never heard anybody testify to that. Yet, that's what people are doing. It's a waste of time and it counts for nothing. When you hear somebody say, I believe God will heal me one day in his timing. I can guarantee you five years from now, they're going to still be saying the same thing. That's how these doctrines and traditions get started, that it wasn't God's will to heal them, and we just don't understand. After today, you are going to understand why millions of Christians are dying young, they're dying wrong, they're, they're dying without their needs met, they're perishing, and they're suffering. Because, and to make matters worse, God's getting the blame. That makes it even worse. Have you ever heard the phrase, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink? You could say, you could lead a horse to water, but you can't make him receive. I mean, you could put the bucket of water in, up to his mouth, and you still can't make that horse drink. I sure am thirsty. Tell me how the just are supposed to live. By faith. Amen. Hallelujah. When are you going to believe you receive your healing? When you feel better? When the doctor gives you a good report? Is that what Jesus said? No? When are you going to believe you receive your wisdom? When you know what to do? No, it's too late then. You don't need You don't need it then, do you? If you already know what to do, you don't need it. Jesus said, 
believed you received when? When you prayed. When you asked him for what you desire, believe that you received them. And whenever you pray is now. If I pray at 3 o'clock this afternoon, it's going to be now when I pray. If I pray at 5 o'clock tomorrow afternoon, at 5 o'clock, it's going to be now. Hallelujah. You say, Father, I'm asking for healing, wisdom, whatever it is. I believe I receive by faith. I take my wisdom now. I take my healing now. And if you believe you've received it, from that point on, you act like you have it. That means you got to watch what comes out of this mouth, too. Hallelujah. I believe Peter will give me some water in his timing. <laughs> well, maybe I should do like some people believe. Maybe I should just be humble and be thirsty for Jesus. <laughs> because I've asked and I've asked and I've prayed and I still don't have it. So... You know, some Christians told me that God's teaching me a lesson and that, that I'll be stronger when I'm thirsty than I am when I have water. So maybe by being thirsty, I'll be stronger and he'll teach me how to be stronger when I'm thirsty. Yeah, maybe, you know, maybe this is just my cross to bear and I just have to accept this is the will of God and be and just be humble and bear my cross. Folks, that's not humility, that's ignorance. Like Brother Hagen said, that is ignorance gone to seed. That's the way he used to put it. And it would be funny if it wasn't so true and so sad that people are perishing and they are suffering. What does Hosea 4, 6 say? My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge, for they have rejected knowledge. Everybody say, not me. I'm not rejecting the knowledge of God. And I'm not rejecting the word of God. Amen. This is the head of the church speaking. This is about as serious as you can get. When you pray for the things you desire, believe you take it, believe God heard you, and believe it's granted to you. You stand up, you go boldly before the throne of grace, and you take what God has provided. You reach out your hand and take it by faith, and at some point, I've got to see the water is already there. And what's, now it's up to me to reach out with my hands and believe that I receive my water. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe I receive my healing. I, I believe I received my wisdom. 
I will make the right decision. I'll always be in the right place at the right time, and God will show me what to do. I believe I receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit and speaking in other tongues. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I believe I receive. Hallelujah. Amen. Thanks, Peter. Thank you. Hallelujah. Everybody say, I'm a believer. Not a beggar. Not a crier. I'm a receiver. Hallelujah. Verse 24. What things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you take it. Believe you make it your own. Believe you take possession of it. Believe you apprehend it. Believe you take it to yourself. Believe that you seize it. Now I want to show you a short video. It, just bear with me, it's going to take a couple of seconds here to find it. But I want to show you uh, a short video clip here. Come on. If I can get this, I didn't want to turn it off, but I pretty much had to. Okay. Let me, uh, just bear with me a couple of seconds because it's gonna I'm gonna have to go in these archives here to find what I'm looking for. So just This is gonna, yeah. This is gonna, um, this is gonna. I was watching uh, one of Brother Copeland's meetings uh, last year, one of his meetings from last year, and uh, he showed this video clip at the beginning of one of the services. And when I saw it, I said, that's a good example of believing you receive. Another good example of believing you receive. So I said, we're gonna, I'm gonna show this. Here we are. Uh, oh, it's 2014. Sorry, I haven't gone far enough. Okay. Hold it. Maybe it is 2014. Okay, I'll find it here in a minute. It's going to be worth.
I found it before we started to make sure <laughs> I could find it. 2000, no, I think I've gone too far. Uh, how do I get back here? I think I've gone too far. It was, last year was 2015. Let me, uh, I want you to see this, so just bear with me here a second. Where's the, um, the archives? I must have bypassed it. I, okay, that's the Washington, D.C. Yeah, it's, it's earlier in the year. It should say Branson, 2015 Branson. So it'll be before this. Still the Southwest Believers. Okay, we're getting back now. That's June. It's a little bit before the There we are. Okay. That's it right here. Okay. Now, you want to hit the lights there again. Um, now, this is another good example of Believe and You Receive. It's not very long clip. And it's also a good example of what we talked about last time. Putting action to your faith. When you believe you receive, you gotta act like you receive, okay? Now this, uh, this meeting was last year, but the film clip is from, is from one of Brother Copeland's meetings Guessing, I would say, the late 1970s or early 1980s, maybe. And uh, it's going to start out, he's like at the end of a service. He's got a prayer line. People are coming up for prayer, and they're, walk, you know, they're walking through, and he's laying hands on them. And then he comes to this one lady, and he stops. And I'll pour her out to you, and she's the one I want you to... Uh, And then, okay. That's something I want you to see on the screens just before I get into the message tonight. So watch, please. This is from the 1970s or 80s. Thank you, Jesus. In that name, turning loose, Satan. In that name. Now this is a lady I want you to watch. Her whole well, what are you going to do? Her neck is in a brush. Huh? <laughs> okay, what are you going to do right now? What else? What do you want? What do you want from God? I want you to come up here for a to get healed. Well, don't be embarrassed about it. 
Is that what you're going to do is get healed? Is that what you're going to do? But then do it in the name of Jesus.
And they drove around out in the parking lot <laughs> while she walked around beside the bus. They looked like they never got the girl on the bus. She wanted to walk. Amen. And she walked and she walked and she walked. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord another praise. I, I'll tell you. <coughs> Hallelujah. You getting it? Amen. Praise God. It wasn't, what if that girl had walked off the stage, gone back to her chair, and sat down and said, well, you know, I guess he's no different from the rest of them. Ever, all the other preachers have prayed for me. I just don't understand why God doesn't heal me. Folks, people, millions of people all over the world are doing that, you know? But, when I was but not us. Amen. Not us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What were you going to say, Ann? When I was in the 
I could only come down the stairs after I'd been healed. After I'd been prayed for, I could only come down the stairs backwards. Mm -hmm. Then after a few yeah, I weeks, remember. I was coming down the stairs forwards with a cup of coffee in my hand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But God you, you were, me, and it made me shiver while I was watching her. Yeah, yes. yeah. I thought, oh, it's so good to be remembered. Yeah, amen. But, but it, it, it wasn't automatic, was it? And it wasn't all up to God, and we're not waiting on God. No. Hallelujah. Praise God. Millions of people are waiting on God to heal them. Give them some money and prosper them. Do they need to wait five years to, for God to fill them with the Holy Spirit? No. No, no more than they're waiting on God to be born again. Folks, it has been 2,000 years since Jesus said these words in Mark 11, 22 to 24, yet most of the body of Christ does not believe what Jesus said. Most of them probably don't even know it's in the Bible. Probably most of them have never heard a sermon on it or a teaching on it. I grew up in church all my life. We never missed church. My father uh, was a Sunday school superintendent all my life. We had a key to the church. We could come and go as we pleased. I never heard a sermon on this. I never heard a sermon on faith till I heard Brother Hagen and Brother Copeland teaching these things. I was a, a young adult before I ever heard this. Why are most Christians waiting on God for the things they desire and believe it's all up to God? Because religion has taught them it's all up to God and God is in control. It's all up to Him. And it's not true, it's not Bible, and it's not what Jesus said. Everybody say, I'm going to do what Jesus said to do. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to believe God. I'm going to believe I receive. I'm going to take hold. Come on now, folks. I'm going to take possession. I'm going to seize. I'm going to make it mine. I'm going to take it to myself and make it my own. And once you've done that and believed you received them, what did Jesus say would happen next? You shall have them. It will come to pass in the physical realm. Let people scoff. Let them ridicule while you get your miracle, while you get healed, while you get filled, while you get your bills paid and your debts cleared, while you talk in tongues, and while you have a miracle life in Jesus. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God.